award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We are once again at the Hatfield Knob in East Tennessee at the Elk Tower, uh, bringing you a few shows from here this uh, uh this week and uh man we're excited to be here matt cameron's helping me co-host again but we got uh, rusty dunn the ohv manager here on north cumberland and dustin burke the ohv sergeant and they're going to be uh you know updating us on what's going on around here as far as riding goes and the fun that you can have riding atvs utvs dirt bikes things like that that, that are done out here but uh we're going to first get to know these guys, and I'm sorry, Rusty, I'm going to jump over. You're going to start with Dustin because he's kind of famous now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a, an incident at, at, at uh, Neyland Stadium where the Vols uh, you beat know, Bama beat for the first time in 15 freaking Bama, years. yes. But you know who caught that ball when it went through the upright? The, the sheriff's deputy. Sheriff's <laughs> deputy. No, 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 no. Mr. Dustin Burke was working the field, and uh, well, I'll let him tell the story. <laughs> The world's most famous unknown man. <laughs> so I pretty much just caught the ball. I hit the ground, picked it up, and all I could think about is better give it to the ball boy. <laughs> so for anybody asked, why didn't you keep the ball? Because they like their balls, okay? So I handed <laughs> yeah, it over. Yeah. yeah. I think they've got a number on them. You probably should give that back. But, yeah, yes. I thought that was cool. I saw the guy. I thought, well, that's a state trooper. That's that's a sheriff. <laughs> that's, you know, man. One fact, it was one of our guys. Because I know you guys, you all work for Navy. You make sure they're safe out there on the water. But then they allow some of our guys to come in and work security on the field and that's awesome though i mean that you got is. to see that game oh it was the best game ever yeah and be in that atmosphere tell us how that was i mean this that atmosphere uh, well you don't really understand it I've, I've been in the stadium in the stands and a hundred thousand people screaming is nothing like it is when you're on that field <laughs> Uh, I think it was 124 decibels or something. They set a record that night. Wow. It was loud. Yes. You couldn't hear yourself think. So you see why Alabama got so, so many penalties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how they snapped the ball. Couldn't hear the, the snap count. Yeah. No, no way. Hey, let me throw this out there, too. You got to take a young man to a football game earlier this year that you befriended and that we've, we've had a lot of dealings with. So t talk about that real quick. There's a young man in Scott County. He's uh, He's been battling cancer for the last four or five years. Mm. Uh, it's a rare form of cancer that, that affects his leg or bones but it affected his leg his left leg from about the knee up to the knee or to his ankle is, is a metal rod mm. and he fought it off the first time and did good for i think two years and then it came back in his lungs and he's fought it off again his last chemo treatment was right before uh football season started we got together and Got this young man a, a rifle and uh, some other good stuff. And, and another generous man donated two tickets to any football game he wanted to go to. And wow. He picked uh, the first game and the Florida game. He couldn't have picked two better games. <laughs> Dang right. So, yeah, so he, got to, he got to experience that. We'll give a shout-out. Mike Sather was the man that, that donated the football tickets and a bunch of fish and tackle. And then who was the man that uh, helped pay for his lifetime license? Scott Terry. Mm. we I forgot about that. We got him lifetime yeah. license. Yeah, they showered that kid with some awesome stuff that day. Oh, yeah. He he, he eats, sleeps, and breathes game warden stuff. As soon as we got wow. to the game, the first game, he wanted to go straight to those boats. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I see their boats? Yeah, yeah dude. Come he will on. be one of us one of these he days. He will. That's I his really dream. believe that. Yeah. That's his dream. So, yeah, it was great. And he's, man, he's excited. He texted me literally 20 minutes ago. Wow. <laughs> 
want to know if muzzleloader season opens in a few weeks and, <laughs> and this stuff. So yeah, let me throw this out there too. For the, we were we had it figured up to get him his lifetime license for a while before um, we could actually give it to him, and he wanted to go hunting. So tell, talk about that real quick. I uh, told him to go ahead. Yeah. So so we'd already talked about it. His license had been bought, and we'd already paid for it. But his family, they're, they're, they live way back up in the back country of Scott County, mm. so they have a whole lot. So he calls me. He goes, "Man, I want to go. I want to go deer hunting." He said, "But or yeah, it's deer hunting." He said, "I want to go. I want to go hunt turkey hunting." Was it turkey? It was spring. It been turkey season. So he yeah, want to go yeah. turkey hunting, and uh, I said, "Dude," and I'm thinking, "Oh, we've already bought it, but we can't tell him." Mm-hmm. So I'd already talked to his father. He knew. They kept it quiet. I said, "Man, just go do it." <laughs> He said, what? I said, just go do it. I said, I, I know a few guys. You'll be fine. <laughs> he said, are you serious? I said, just go do it. I said, let me know if you kill anything. We'll fix it up. I said, we'll make it work. <laughs> and this kid was freaking out. So we, we had to eventually tell him what was going That's on. But yeah. he was, That's awesome. He was all about it. He's like, I'm fixing to be an outlaw. I was like, <laughs> like you're setting him up. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah. It's funny. He goes, what they don't know don't hurt. And I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we might have made him mistake here. <laughs> uh, takes one to know one that's right well, i appreciate it. that's awesome to hear those stories of you guys doing that kind of work and, and helping folks in need and that's that's awesome partnering with other people and and that's that's just 100 that's awesome uh well while you were talking an elk ran across the field so mm-hmm, i saw that uh, <laughs> this is why we come to the elk tower uh to see these elk and you know like we've talked on previous shows and, and future shows this is a, a good place to come come at this time of day what is it like five something five thirty i think and later in the day and early in the morning it's the time you're going to see these elk and if you can't see them uh, in person check out the elk cam on on our website tmwildlife.org uh rusty tell us a little bit about yourself you've been uh working up here a long time haven't you <laughs> i've been here a while been here a while i started with ag back in 93 as a contract creel clerk and then i hired on full-time in the fisheries department uh uh, reservoir, uh, Region 4 Reservoirs. I worked mm. there until 2002 and I became a wildlife officer for Anderson County and then I saw the opportunity to do something that nobody really ever done with our agency up here mm. and I've been here ever since 2005 for 17 years. So Yeah, 17 no years. Uh, running the running the ATVs and OHVs and mm-hmm. I get I get them mixed up sometimes. They call them OHVs. They on call the them everything. Yeah. Well, there's quads, side by side. Yeah. There's just everything. It's, well, yeah. He's the brain trust behind the old. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> doing a lot of good work. Yeah, doing a lot of good work up here. I didn't realize you were in fisheries before this. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, sure enough. Sure yeah, enough. I, I'm gonna say it again. A lot of our guys have jack of all trades. They do a little bit of everything. They <laughs> yep. can fix things. They can they can mm-hmm. make things happen. They know their biology. They know their their technical side of things. So that's awesome. Talk about some of those guys up here that, that like Fred Jordan's. He still working for us. Yes, he's still oh. he's he and Jamie Miller came on with me. They came in two thousand six, two thousand five. I was a lone ranger, and just starting <laughs> to get things, getting equipment and things. And since two thousand six, they've been with me throughout the whole time. They've not left in the state. And uh, he's actually eighty three. Is he really? Wow, he's a tough dude. He is a tough dude. He's amazing. He's stout too. Yes, he is. He is yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't he's, tangle he's with him. Keeps moving. Keeps <laughs> moving. Yes, it's good. And Jamie's like a wonderful person, been with me the whole time too. Yes. And now I have Ray Bostick in the crew. Ray's uh, a he's, good one. He's good. When he's mm-hmm. been up here with us for several years, and he's doing a great job in the program. But is, is Jamie's name actually Jamie or Jimmy? Jimmy Miller is what his name is in. But he goes the, by Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. for the longest time I thought I've been calling this guy the wrong name no, my whole Jamie. career. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. Everybody calls me. <laughs> Jimmy's what he is in the computer. Okay. But Jamie is. is yeah. What he uses on that. paper. Yeah. yeah, on paper. Good people, man. Yeah. Well, 
we're here to talk about the OHV program and, and, and being safe out there and riding and things like that. So let's just let's kick it off with history real quick, mm -hmm. uh, kind of where these how these trails got created and how they became what they are today. And then we'll jump into some of that trail maintenance for like all those guys we talked about, Fred and all them other guys are doing mm -hmm. to make sure that stuff's working well. But uh, first, Rusty, you know more about anybody here. What's the history behind this? Well, they're really this was only one of the places in the state where that people had been riding for years jeeps back in the 80s and 90s and then they started riding four-wheelers and motorcycles and the agency looked at different places to go and this was top of the list and that's what they chose because it was pressed upon us from the legislature to do something we had the lands and they said we got a lot of pressure um, and I think it was Governor Sunquist around 2000 in the late 90s it just was wanting to do something mm. to to bring it out for folks in the communities to be a place to ride well and this and the ride was going on before we acquired it was the property, going on before right? we acquired the property and it's been going on and the the local folks were you know pressed upon the agency to continue all uses here and that's what was some of our agency lands are bought with different things in mind and by different monies mm -hmm. and this is funded through wetlands and it was allowed multiple use ever since the opening um, so that's why it was used as the pick the place where we brought the trails gotcha yeah. and, the, and the trails i mean they've brought in a lot of tourism a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, money's that way and, and it's just grown and grown and grown yeah it has and it really in the beginning it was slow because we really hadn't done any advertising really over the time and then the, some folks from the outdoor channel came here mm. in the early 2000s and it blew up after that started getting more and more popular and we get people from just all over the nation out of the country i've taken people from canada wow yeah different places they come here from a long ways off to ride yeah well growing up i mean i i, I came across the, the property before i you know worked with the agency and came up here and rode some and it was oh. fun you know and had had a friend of mine knew a guy who lived up here and knew the trails well and got some good good riding you got a lot of locals who have grown up here and done it all their life yeah yeah. And that's what's changed. It, when it first started, it was all locals. It was mostly local riders and then local hunters. And now it's a lot more uh, non-residents just coming recreating for the riding part of it. Mm -hmm. There's a, it's been a huge shift due to the notoriety through the Internet, basically. Yeah. Well, today we wanted to cover uh, the safety side of things and, and some of the LE side of things. Um can we jump to Dustin on this and, and tell people you know, if they want to come up here and ride, what kind of licenses they're going to need to, to access the property and, and to do it legally, and, and then we'll get into some of the safety side of stuff. Well, there's a bunch of avenues you can take, and, and Rusty's was really good. He made a little card that we started off with, and we've kind of explored that. Mm -hmm. But the two main ones you get is a hunt fish combo and then a WMA permit. That covers most of it, or all of it, but then the other people will buy a, uh, a high-impact permit. So that's the two main ways. But when you start getting into out-of-state license, it kind of is the same way. You know, you buy a hunt fish combo and then a, a WMA permit or a hunt license and a WMA permit. Yeah, okay. So those who those guys who like to hunt, you know, they, they're pretty well uh, ready to go. I yes. Mean, they've got the license that they need to access the property and uh, and all that. And, they're, and you're allowed to use ATVs for hunting on the property. And, uh, you know, some, some places, some RWMAs, you don't have that luxury, but it's yeah, here's here. here's a it's different than anywhere else in the in the whole state. As long as they don't go around the gate, that's the main yeah. thing. Stay on the trails that are open, marked or not marked, closer vehicles. Okay, so that that gets you a ticket. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's not afraid to ride one. No. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many miles of trails roughly that area if, has? Area wide, there are historically eight or seven or eight hundred miles Whoa. roughly of trails and roads on the property. Um, 
where we're trying to draw the people to is what we're using the federal we're using federal monies to maintain the trails and we have um 105 miles here in the Sunquist unit and we have 80 miles in the New River unit and we have it's got a grant through this year for uh, 40 more miles which will complete the New River unit be 100 in each roughly and then a connector trail to connect so new units. trails that many miles of new trails will be created yeah they're actually trails that exist we don't make new trails here like uh, y'all were saying there's part of the recreational trails program is how we're funding this um, it's a federal program that takes a small portion of the gas tax and allocates it to kind of like a trout hatchery put and take mm. OHV pulling your OHVs riding your OHVs to give it back to them and put it into trails okay. uh, fuel tax yeah. so if there's a big pot of money nationwide and we put uh, right federal grants to get we'll go find a trail we can't make new trails we use existing trails yeah. and we say hey we want to fix this trail I have to go through jump all through the environmental hoops and all those kind of things to get the funding through and that's how we've been funding it actually through all these years but for a bunch of people, it's going to be new trails for them. It'll be new trails. Yes. It'll be signed. It'll be it'll be maintained. It'll be, like I say we've had it's challenging with all the new riders, and I, our crew has not expanded over the years. And we've like, if we have a rainy year and seven or eight thousand riders over a few mm. months of yeah. time, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah. But but we definitely go in and maintain them. The ones that I'm talking about, the 105 miles here and the 80 miles uh, there, we'll we'll see a dozer sometime throughout the year. Sometimes multiple times throughout the year. Um, so if you see a bad spot, you know call it call our office there at the North. Cameron, my office. It's sure, on the maps yeah, awesome. and on the internet, and we'll be glad to go try to fix it if, we, if it's something we don't know about. You know. Talk about the color system of the trails and what that means. It's it's kind of like when we first started, there was no real terminology. I checked with the folks out west that were doing some. They've been doing stuff in the 60s and 70s. You know, um, trying not to recreate the wheel, so we do something that people would understand. But there really wasn't a sign standard or anything. So I just went with a brown and yellow sign because those were kind of our agency colors, and yellow sticks out good in the mm. woods. Yeah, and the brown with the yellow letters on it and then the trail terminology um, kind of goes along with ski slopes uh, easy more difficult and most difficult easier green more difficult it's blue and most difficult it's black which is more technical we have only two trails over here that are black the rest of them um, are I went and rode up at Hatfield McCoy when we first started just to kind of see what we're because I'm not a motorcycle guy you know quote unquote I was mm -hmm. just a wildlife person that took this job over and wanted to try to understand what we needed to do and um kind of saw how they did it and kind of their terminology to kind of go along with that and basically it's green blue and black now there's a black and white map that's just easy more difficult most difficult it's not a color system on the map but she has them hashed or clear or black and shows on the map it tells on our giveaway map so how do folks find those maps and things um you can go online you can google north coming riding area and our web page will come up mm -hmm. and it has a link to uh there's actually the black and white map is there and you can purchase the color map um, any of the local stores up here at exit 141 off interstate 75 we constantly supply them and the campgrounds with the giveaway map okay cool. so and there's also a couple kiosks out there where we have a, a resin map in a stand in case you just get totally lost and need to look and see kind of where you it tells you where you are and look around but they're marked fairly well we have the if you see anybody's out there and sees there's a signs missing let us know we don't want people to be confused but we try to have indicator markers along the trail we originally were doing it every half mile and then of course with all the traffic we have to move the trail back around a little bit back and forth some and then over time sometimes they pull them we go back and replace them so they might not be every half mile but definitely along the trail there'll be confidence markers mm -hmm. and at every trail junction there should be if there's not let me know a trail head marker that lets you know what it's got a name and a number so if they pull 
pull the sign and pull the name, the number's still there, and that'll match with the confidence markers along the trail. Because there's a lot of other things. There's, there was mining. Now there's not a lot of mining, but logging operations mm. and other activities with the wildlife folks. So sometimes put a, cut a new roading off the trail or something, and that way, if you're not if you're confused, just drive a little farther on the main trail you run, you'll eventually run into a sign. Gotcha. gotcha. And I may be wrong, but yeah. we're working on better maps are we not hopefully eventually yes. we'll have a digital map a digital download mm. that's the in the future wow hopefully nice. that and tracy actually one of our girls and gis actually had ours on the website I'm, i'll try to get back on there on our website when the the wma map system for mm. hunting and the you could actually the blue dot would be on there when you were on the well, our trail system was uh, in uh, in that system somehow it got pulled out one of their updates or something uh, it wasn't there gotcha. so yeah and i'll have to mention it to her to put it back but that way it's sort of what we're going to look for in the future yeah. some type of digital People like the paper maps, I and mean, we we were printing twenty thousand a year, and we were running out. So now they're printing twenty five thousand a year. They like to have that in their hand, sure. yeah. and they're sitting there. They come, and there's still a lot of tablets. They do these tablets now, mm. with, but a lot of those maps, the some of the issues we get into with, and what's happened over time is these other companies have went out and just tracked all these trails, and they put them on that map. Well, there's no maintenance. Me and my crew, me and three other guys. <laughs> Are maintaining these 180 miles of trails, but there's all these other trails people are riding because of that digital map. Oh, it's creating problems. So, and that's what we're going to have to make some adjustments in the future, and hopefully work it out where that people are where they're supposed to be, and that we can have maintenance on there. Because if you don't have maintenance, it becomes oh, an environmental, sure, environmental problem. Well, and you touched on it a little bit, but the number of folks versus the trail maintenance and the time and all that just. Oh. Yeah. Cover that a little bit more. What What are you guys doing on these trails? You're diverting water. You're, yeah. you know, maybe bringing in rocks. The main thing is uh, using a, a dozer, a track type dozer to go along and just put in rolling uh, water structures along to get the water off the trail. Mm -hmm. And because these trails existed, we didn't create them. And even we have sometimes had to move a trail around and put it at a different, lay it in as it should be as a contractor would. And with all the traffic we have, it, this rain we have, it doesn't really, it'll last a little longer. But generally, you just got to get the water off the trails. And then we put rock on the creeks. Uh, we do the sign work. We try to do some clear along the trails for safety too mm -hmm. with sidearm mowers and some chemical applications which I don't like to use as much but we do it some and to clear the sides of the trail so you can see for safety's sake along yeah. the main trails main trails well and you got people coming you know around corners yeah. flying sometimes yeah. uh, very dangerous I don't know what the speed limits are 20, for 25 25, 25 miles mm -hmm. an hour on, mm -hmm. on these trails right. you know some uh, most of these modern machines have speedometers on they them. You know, they'll go 70 or 90, 90 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, some of the new ones with 250 wow. horsepower. I think the new Can-Am's got 210 horsepower or yeah, something like that. the new Polaris has 250, Whoa. I think. One of the, the two feet, yeah, yeah, the race the ready race, one. Race ready one. Wow. Well, not we, needed here for the desert, not, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I worked in the, yeah. the old area, but the old area 41, yeah. 41 yeah. with you yeah. way back when, y'all yeah. got the first like a razor that I can remember and it wasn't yeah. much wider than a standard four-wheeler yeah. yeah the little things, razor they were, yeah, they were yeah. tippy yeah, yeah now they're huge yeah. I mean they have yeah. tripled in size it's like a G. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they're around 15 1700 pounds so they do wear more on the trails they're not quite like a full-size vehicle but one thing that we could there were some studies done by the Forest Service years ago that were talking about tire types and user and it's not so much a lot of people use aggressive tires to get through bad spots and that's fine but if you Use the four-wheel drive and don't stick it to the floor going up a hill. It'll really help us out in the future. Okay, you know, good tips, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's, it was more user than the tire. You know, these real, some okay. of these tires are like tractor tires. And if you, you know, really gouge it, one of those with a 
100, 150 horsepower, it'll really dig some dirt. Mm -hmm. It trenches is what it does, especially if we have rain, you know. A lot of places don't let you ride in the rain. We let people ride 24-7 year-round yep. here, you know, through the night. A lot of people not in rain, ride just rain as, at night. Just as busy at 1 in the morning as it is at 1 o'clock. Yeah, especially right? in the yes. summer. Yeah, in wow. August, in the summer. Yeah. Talk about the volume of people. You well, showed I mean, me a video yeah. one yes. time <laughs> that blew my mind of how many people ride this Yeah, place. so it's to back up Rusty yeah. and... On any given Saturday, you could do an OHV checkpoint, and we could check 100 people, 150 different people in an hour. Hmm. And that's wow. just constant. And that's not people. That's machines. Mm -hmm. So 100, 150 machines. Right. Just nonstop. Y'all showed a video of every place there was to park a trailer and a truck yes. <laughs> in this area. Yes. was just littered with... OHV hauling machines. Man. The summer, pretty yeah. day in the summertime. Yeah. The 141 was yeah. the truck packed. stops taking over. Yeah, you won't be any truck. The trucks don't have where to park. It, mm. it actually, I'm surprised they don't don't say something. Say something. They have never called me. I'm very surprised. But we have parking. You know, places for them to park on the map marked, which maybe not won't house that kind of number, especially on a big weekend like an opening, beautiful fall weekend at night, or, or a late night in the summer. You can't there, it looks like a Christmas tree lit up in the the vehicles with all the trailers. Yeah, it's that's the perfect setup. I mean, they've got 24 hours. Yeah gas stations right. at the interstate mm -hmm. so it's one-stop shop right it's, it's good business i'm sure for the local it is, establishments they, too but yeah. it does create all sorts of issues <laughs> but yeah. talk about the the safety issue i know y'all are having a lot of uh, accidents life flights out of here that people wouldn't believe yeah we, we had looked into it i guess it was two years ago wasn't it when we first really started digging in mm -hmm. and uh we just got some numbers from one county uh and it was 50 56, 57 life flights out hmm. that they knew of. Right. That's just what they know of. Because a lot of times these come in as just an accident. Uh, I'll give you an example. We had a, we had a young lady that uh, was involved in one, and we just happened <clears> to hear they were setting up a uh, an LZ for a life flight. And me and my partner showed up, and it was an ATV accident. Mm -hmm. It was a side-by-side -side accident, and we'd have never known. So a lot of it just goes unreported, and we don't know yeah. that. The rescue squad goes out. They call 911, and mm -hmm. they'll send the rescue squad out, so... I mean, if you we're lucky we have a real good rescue squad here. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah, and you think about 56 people in a year, mm -hmm. just that you know of, that's that's a one, little more than one every week. Right. And then you got, when you're looking at 20 or 30,000 riders a year, probably. I, mean, I don't know the exact number. It's a lot of riders in return. So yeah. statistically, it's not horrible, but I mean, you want to have safety. We're looking yeah. for it. You sure. We'll try to promote that. What, how are y'all promoting the, the safety up here? What's the enforcement, education? Both. Mm -hmm. Both. It's a lot of both. And one of the things that we've done, we're using the federal RTP money to fix the trails, but that money can only be spent on trail infrastructure, building the trails, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, and we don't, the other monies that we comes from actually from TDOT to TDEC and the folks at TDEC actually have some administrative and some of the educational money they can pull off, we can't. Or we would, I, the guys in my crew have been pressed, we've mm -hmm. put in a proposal for, they found a really good uh, uh, animated trailer it's about a half a million dollars, and we're looking at trying to get some funding. I don't know if that'll ever happen in the near future, but through uh, a sweet grant. Uh, so we're seeing maybe, I don't know how we'll, because we can't use the money for the trails to do that. I mean, yeah. it's kind of ironic. Yeah. Let's put it that way, you know, because this is yeah. something we really want to promote Education's safety. important. Education yeah. is very important, and that's what I know that we'd really like to have, to have that in the future. I hope so. Well, so I think about seat belts and and helmets and, and things like that. Are the, is that required on these trails? What's the, what's the, is there any Just regulations under around that? Under okay. 18. Under 18. Helmets, helmets are required. Yeah. Um, 
let's see. Uh, the operation, uh, do you have to be a certain age to operate? Not no. necessarily. No. Okay. We always really? say, if people call, we tell them, you know, follow the manufacturer requirements. You know, we're other states. The difference here is that we've been doing this, you know, since 2005, but we've never had a fully funded program where you have all the backing of the uh, uh, statutorial backing mm. like like if you look at some states like michigan and other places where it's only you know they have to wear gloves and knee pads I and mean, you got to have been doing it a long time uh, too, go yeah, to hatfield mccoy they've been doing it for a long time mm. so and it just depends on uh, how the agency goes with that in the future but it definitely is a, a push i think it's a good we do see a lot more i think you've probably noticed it too there's a lot more people wearing helmets that's there's good there's a lot good. more because a lot of folks come from those other areas they're required to wear them it's kind oh, of surprise when they come nature, they don't. it's mm. second nature to them and it's really good even in the utvs yeah. you know because you're hit your head on a you know, oh park or whatever. And I think a lot of them kind of freak out because they know they're going to ride on main roads some. Yeah. So they want to get that helmet on because they don't want to get stopped. Right. So That's a good point I wanted to hit before we round time is those main roads. I mean, you can connect. Some of these vehicles are allowed to ride on main roads, connect yeah. to the campgrounds or to the parking mm -hmm. areas and some that we don't run. The other people have other campgrounds outside of the yeah. our properties and things. So you can get to the grocery store even or get to the market or whatever on these yes. gangs. Yeah, I can't. The city of La Follette went to the legislature. I can't remember exactly what year it was. It might have been several years ago. But they went to get it approved, mm. and they got it through where it's legal, and it's listed on their website. The city of La Follette website has the actual roads listed. So if you're going to come here and find an estate, a motel down in town or somewhere, um, they mainly did it to get to people to their downtown restaurants. Yeah, yeah. And it's not all the main roads, but some of the main roads are where it connects you to gas stations and stuff like that. So it makes it more user-friendly. But, you know, I always advise real caution on the roads as you're riding with full-size vehicles. Yeah. And these are not – they're not street legal. That was another thing. Right. We get, I get that asked yeah. a lot. Is my machine street yeah. legal? No, it's not. <laughs> right, because they'll get their legal. tags. For, yes. There's, there's a low, low uh, like for farmers, they did it for farmers years ago, where you get a tag, and you're on roads that are less than low speed vehicles. Low speed vehicles, less than 40 miles, you're legal, and you're, you know, they'll, they'll, Hey, they got it all rigged up. Well, it's the only reason they got on the road is because the city and the county went to the state and got it through. We didn't mm. uh, really promote it at the time, but it's something they did, and it's you know so far it's worked out yeah. pretty good for the riders. They enjoy it. Well, it is it is a great thing to have uh, in the yeah. area. It People makes, enjoy it. It's, it's great addition to a property, you know, where they can they can enjoy oh, yeah. the rides, see that wildlife, see see the pretty colors in October and November. And, right. Uh, it's it's great. We're going to run out of time, but touch on waterfalls and overlooks. There's a lot of cool stuff to see. Mm -hmm. There's three. Uh, the neatest waterfall, it really doesn't look like something from around here. When the water, if it's not a dry time, like we were in a real dry time, it'll be yeah. dry right now. Two creeks come together off of Trail 14, Lost Ridge Trail, and it's really beautiful to see. That's a really neat waterfall. Uh, a lot of You have to hike a long ways to see a waterfall like that in a lot mm. of places in Tennessee. Really? And a couple of Hickory Creek Falls off Trail 37, that's a good one. It's just a small, people go there and swim some. And then we have another small one off of Trail 2. Um, it's just a small waterfall. So Just don't drive in it. Yeah, don't drive. Yeah, yeah main thing, cross the creeks at 90 degrees. Oh, we put yeah. some signs up. Uh, do not drive up and down the creeks. We're trying to protect the envir uh, environment. Yeah. Some and protect those animals in there. Time. Yeah, yeah. We should have touched more on that. And stuff. don't drink and drive. And don't drink Ooh. and drive. There you go. That's Amen. 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 And um, and don't forget about this beautiful stop right here. Yeah, that, and the Elk Tower. Yeah, it's, <laughs> stop a, it's by a big draw. The a lot of people love to come to the Elk Tower. Yeah. Uh, it is awesome to be sitting here doing a show with you guys and watching elk go across the field, and then watch people walk up and yeah, enjoy. we actually had some people come. Yeah, so it's awesome. That's why we're here. It's what we want to promote. Get people out here. Thank you all for the work y'all do. It doesn't get said enough and uh, recognized enough, and we appreciate appreciate it very much. Shout out to Thanks for having Joel us. Joel Hyden yes. yes, as well. Best partner in the in the whole agency. Yeah. I mean, exactly. He works harder than anybody I know. Loves his job. Does everything like you're supposed to. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. We're lucky to have him.
Yeah, lucky to have a lot of folks with our agency. Yes, they do a lot do. of good, good work, hard work. Uh, this is Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in again. Thanks for, for following us. Remember, tnwildlife.org for everything hunting and fishing. Go outdoorstennessee.com for your, your hunting license, your fishing, fishing license. And if you like the hats that we're sporting today, you can find those uh, at shop.gooutdoorstennessee.com. Uh, this is Tennessee Wildcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.